You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Just search for the Rob O'Donnell Show. It is 410 here in the studio in Northeast Pennsylvania. 79 degrees with some sun and clouds, 78 degrees with sun and clouds in our area. I just want to thank, thank Minnie and Neil for checking in in Florida. Hopefully you guys made it okay through the storm. I know you're on the East Coast, so it really was just residual rain, some wind and such like that. But I appreciate you guys checking in and listening from down there in the great state of Florida because it absolutely is. Hopefully I get to join you one day. Just in the winters, though. I want to be up here for the rest of the year. Fall's my favorite uh, time of year up here. Hopefully I can uh, get into the things I want, the hobbies I, I love to do with the, the time of the, the show here from 3 to 6 each day. Well, I, I got some bad news for you guys for uh, 2024 already, unfortunately. Summer's not. Maybe I should hold this story off until the summer's at least over. But food prices are expected to rise through 2024. A recently released federal pricing analysis from the U.S. Department of Agriculture projects that food prices will continue to rise through 2024. The USDA pointed to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index release earlier this month, which showed consumer price overall rose 3.2% in the previous 12 months. Food prices, though, rose more quickly at a 4.9% during the same time. This is something that all of you know. We all feel it every time you go to the store. This is not a surprise to anyone, but the fact that it's going to continue um, and worsen through 2024 is concerning. Now the USDA says uh, that increases will continue. Food prices are expected to grow more slowly in 2023 than in 2022, but still at above historical averages rate, average rates, USDA said in its analysis. In 2023, all food prices are predicted to increase 5.9%, with a prediction interval of 53 to 6.5%. Food at home prices are predicted to increase 5.2% with a prediction interval of 4.4 to 4.4 to 6.1. Food away from home prices are predicted to increase by 7.1% with a prediction interval of 6.8 to 7.5. So basically, that's the plus or minus. The 7.1 is the average, of course, between them. Food prices are rising more slowly than, uh, than the fever pitch inflation spike earlier in the Biden administration, but those prices are still increasing. Food prices are expected to continue to decelerate but not decline in 2024, USDA said. In 2024, all food prices are predicted to increase 2.8%, and now here's the kicker, and this is where the USDA kind of fudges their their stance to us, the public, you know, the guys who pay for all their shindigs. They're only calling for an increase of 2.8% with a prediction interval of 2% to 7.9%. So how come all the other prediction intervals are an average in the middle, but all of a sudden now with a 2% to 7.9%, they're calling for a 2.8% increase, where if you use their prior methodology, 
you're probably looking at about five point something percent. So about the same, but they have to portray the good news because, you know, 2024 is an election year. Can't let it be known that Bidenomics isn't working for you, that our food prices are continuing to cost cost uh, more above the rate of inflation, of above the CP, the normal CPI, which they take out of that CPI, of course, to make it seem like it's just manageable. Food at home prices are predicted to increase 2.1%. And again, they go with the fudged numbers with a prediction interval of 5% to 9.9%. So you're really looking at about a 8%, 7.8% increase for uh, food at home prices if you use their normal methodology. Food away from home prices are predicted to increase 5.1% with a prediction interval of 2.7 to 7.5. So again, they go with the normal methodology there. Food costs soared, in particular in 2022, raising by 9.9%, while 2022 saw the largest spike prices had already begun rising earlier in the Biden administration. Now, here's the thing. They make it sound like, well, in 2022, food prices rose 9.9%. In 2023, food prices only increased 5.9%. Well, you're at 15% in two years then. And if you add what they're predicting in 2024, you're looking at 25% increase in the past three years in food prices. 25% increase. And that's for at-home food. That's not for going out. You're looking probably anywhere between 25 and 30% increase for going out to eat. Food prices rose noticeably in 2020, increased by uh, more than 3%, while some categories like meat became even more expensive than that. Yeah, I mean, 2020 is kind of your anomaly because of COVID. A lot of people weren't going out at all. Um, Remember the one-way lanes in supermarkets? It was ridiculous. The largest price increases were for meat categories. Beef and veal prices increased 9.6%, pork prices by 6.3%, and poultry prices by 5.6%. We all felt it here with eggs. Fresh fruits are only up 0.8%. Go figure. Of all the CPI food at home categories tackled by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Economic Research Services, the beef and veal category had the largest relatively price increase. Um... U.S. lawmakers are gearing up to renew the Farm Bill legislation, a major spending package focused mostly on agricultural issues. issues. That spending package, which normally authorizes five years of funds, could top a trillion dollars this time around. The existing Farm Bill expires September 30th of this year. Again, more great news for us that they're going to be looking at another trillion dollar funding package for a Farm Bill sometime between now and September 30th, the next month. But when you look at these increases and the way they they try and manipulate them, and again, this is the USDA, this is a Biden administration agency at this point with an agency head appointed by the Biden administration. You know, they go through the numbers and everything's the prediction intervals of 4.4 to 6.1 with it being at 5.2. But then when they talk about next year, 
It's uh, 2.8 with a prediction intervals of 2.0 to 7.9. They totally do another different manipulation of those statistics rather than the average of what they're the plus or minus what they're hoping to come in under. And again, these are guesstimates, but you or I know where this is going to go. So start preparing wisely. If you have home gardens, start your canning. Do your best to, to you know, maintain and, and store what you can. If you have free-ranging chickens, which and I know in Wilkes-Barre you cannot have chickens or rooster. That's one of the stories uh, I wanted to touch on. But uh, thankfully that resident is voluntarily getting rid of their rooster and chickens. So there will have to be no enforcement action in Wilkes-Barre. But those are things... That people do. You know, I, I've had free-ranging chickens. Now that it's just my, my wife and I at home, you know, we still have the coop. We could still get chickens. She'd kill me if I do. They are a pain, but they are great. You know, the fact, you know, at one time, you know, we're getting a, a dozen eggs a day. And uh, you start to think about it and say, okay, that's great. And what the, what do you do with a dozen eggs a day? Well, we were giving them away. We were doing, you know, what what people do. Help, help out their neighbors. You know, we had too many eggs that we can eat, even with all the kids at home. But, uh, you know, as the chickens got uh, taken out by hawks and skunks and foxes and everything else, you know, we were down to two, so that was perfect, and now we uh, don't have any anymore. But they were perfect during the uh, the pandemic because, you know, we didn't have to go out to get eggs. We had eggs, fresh eggs every day. It was a great thing uh, for us to have. Thankfully, we have the space and the the wherewithal and, and the, the resources to have them. And again, they're not easy. They were great for the property. You know, we had our, our chocolate lab who we uh, lost a year, a little over a year ago, almost oh, a year and a half ago, just before Thanksgiving, not the last one, the one before. Never had to worry about ticks. They took care of one, one, uh, one chicken, one free ranging chicken to can take, uh, take care of all the ticks on an acre of property. So it was great to have, for that, it was one of the benefits. And now that we don't have the chickens anymore, I, you know, I am starting to see ticks when we're out cutting the grass or we're doing stuff outside. You know, every once in a while, we'll take one off, take two off. My daughter had uh, one or two on her the other day when she was home. Uh, it's a great resource. We have our garden. You know, we, we grow our vegetables. We have, you know, we pretty much don't buy a lot of vegetables during this time of year, during the summer. Uh, we can what we can. You know, I'll take all the leftover tomatoes, all the peppers and stuff. I'll make some hot sauce. I'll make some salsa. I'll make some tomato sauce. You know, we'll make some stewed tomatoes and can them and, and such like that. Again, if you're able to do those things, it's great to do. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people, you know, work a lot of hours. A lot of people don't have the space to do it, don't have the time to do it. I, you know, I get it. Just be prepared now with all these increases that we are dealing with in the economy. Food is, again, going to be one of them. And if you look at the 15% increase, the, the 10% increase the year before, 5.9% increase this year, another possible 5% increase in food next year, it's 20%, 25% increase that we are dealing with just in the past three years. And it's, it's going to be incredible for it not to be an issue because how much can people – Feel these things at the store every day. You know, you can lump gas in, you can lump everything we're paying more for, rent, everything. 
and say we have to do keep doing the same old, same old. we got to keep vi- voting the party line. We have to try something different on both sides. We have to try something different. We have to think out of the box, get new people in there, and if they don't do what we need them to do, if they don't make things better from us, get out of the way, let's get someone else in there. And this needs to be a more rapid succession. Um, you know, turn limits for a lot of the people who've been here forever would be a great thing as well. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 426 here at the station, 78 degrees with some sun and clouds out there. Like, again, it's for the next foreseeable future till Monday. It looks like it's going to be great. Get hotter, starting to get hotter on sun Saturday, Sunday. But sunny, you know, a great end to uh, a great summer. Well, it's been a great summer. I appreciate you guys spending it with me here. Hopefully you got some time away and some vacation time in, some quality time with your family, your significant other, whoever, your friends, whoever you get uh, quality time with. Um, a Wilkesbury man admits to a role in fentanyl conspiracy. And we're talking about, you know, earlier today, we talked about yesterday that Guy Singer was giving out free Narcan at uh, one of their emergency rooms today. And you're talking about fent- uh, Narcan being available over the counter for when it's needed so you can get it now and, and have it and store it. And it is, it is a good thing. As someone who who is an EMT, who is a paramedic, who has been a first responder for the majority of my life at this point, it's a good precaution to have. Even if you don't think you're ever going to need it, it's always good to have. Um, you know, store it in your center console, your car, store it in your purse, you know, it doesn't matter. Just have it somewhere where where it's uh, availed to you just in case you need it. Not for you, not for – but for an accidental exposure, for an exposure to a child, an exposure to someone who didn't know what they were getting, who, who thought – who was a friend of someone who they didn't possibly know what was going on. You know, we had a, an incident down in a spring break in Florida with some West Point cadets where, you know, one or two of them ended up – getting cocaine that was laced with fentanyl, going down, and three others ended up going down trying to give CPR to them because of that contact. Um, you know, obviously, it was probably the last thing from their mind that th- their friends were doing this. And again, that's a personal issue that they need to take up, the, the individuals who decided to make those poor decisions, especially, you know, being cadets at, the, at West Point. But this could be anywhere. This could be a college student at anywhere. This could be, you know, your friends here. And in, in Scranton is a college town. Wilkesbury is a college town. It's better to be prepared. It's better to have it and never need it to not have it. But this is the reasons why I stress that so much. This Wilkesbury man admits to a role in a fentanyl conspiracy here in our area. Uh, pled guilty to conspiracy to distribute more than 40 grams of the deadly opioid fentanyl. The U.S. Attorney's Office said. Now, this wasn't even handled by, you know, a local DA. This was handled by the U.S. Attorney. Lee Crawford, 61, pled guilty to conspiracy charges as well as possession of fentanyl with the intent to distribute. According to the charges, Crawford and a co-defendant, John Williams, 43, of Kingston, conspired with others to deal fentanyl in the Luzerne County between July 2020 and February 2021. Williams previously pled guilty to the charge of conspiracy to distribute more than 40 grams of fentanyl and is awaiting sentence. This is a red flag for you. Parents, if you read something like this, you have to know this stuff is in our community. You have to realize this is around. You have to realize there is a danger to your children, to you, to everyone around. 
we need to be prepared, just like everything else. So if you get yourselves some Narcan to store, to have with you just in case, I highly recommend it. It's a good practice to have. There's YouTube videos on how to use it. If you go to Geisinger today or if you went today, they had experts there to show you how to use it. I believe the PA Department of Health has a YouTube video on how to use it. It's not difficult, and it's a good life preserver if you ever find yourself in that situation or someone around you finds themselves in that situation. Even if you don't want to get involved, you can hand it to someone and say, here, you can use it. Whatever it is, it's worth it to uh, to save someone's lives and give them a second chance. It's uh, 431 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 436. That's a song called Stand by a local artist, Nate Hosey. I appreciate him letting us use it to honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice today. 76 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Three of them from here in Pennsylvania. I'm going to start off with uh, police officer Charles Thomas Knox Jr., the Philadelphia Police Department in 1992, was shot and killed at 8.30 p.m. during a robbery in progress at a Roy Rogers restaurant at 1401 Snyder Avenue. Next, we have Chief of Police Lloyd John Hine of the Fawn Township Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1954. Chief of Police Lloyd Hine succumbed to injuries sustained the previous day when he was struck by an automobile on Highway 908 in the entrance to the motorcycle racetrack. And Detective Frank J. McCartney, Philadelphia Police Department in Pennsylvania, In 1917, Detective Frank McCartney was shot and killed when he attempted to arrest three men on burglary charges near 9th and Skunk Streets in South Philadelphia. Two men were arrested and charged with the murder. The gunman escaped and was never caught. Those are our three from here in Pennsylvania. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Somebody found my uh, story about chickens interesting. Says he lives in the back mountain and one guy has peacocks on his property. Did you ever hear them yell? Such a weird noise. Yeah, if you've ever heard peacocks um, in the evening or at night, like early evening, just after it gets dark, they will scare the hell out of you with the way they screech and the way they sound. If you've ever been down in a place that has them, I know Disney resorts have them in a couple of their areas. The Disney campgrounds has them. Um and they, they make a, a weird noise that will scare the hell out of you at night if you hear that that screech and not know what it is. Uh, somebody also said about the food prices, Rob, uh, we know we feel it in our pocketbook every day, no matter how they manipulate the statistics. And they do. And, and then you'll have some that'll say, oh, it's price gouging by the corporations, the food, all of them, every restaurant, every food production from agriculture to meats to everything, they're all they're all gouging prices. Um, we're all paying the same increased prices for everything else. So do we not believe that the manufacturers, these corporations that produce this food for us to buy in the supermarkets, don't have an increase of cost as well? Fuel costs, transportation costs, employing costs. You know, it's it's funny how the same people that'll cry. Oh, we, we need this increased wages for, for the union workers and do the things. And don't expect that to be passed on to anyone. Just expect that. to It's magic money. Magic money that comes out from everything. They're paying you know twice as much as they were for fuel 
than they were just a few years ago. But that's not supposed to get made up anywhere. They're just supposed to help. I guess uh, everybody above the the rank of manager or assistant manager, even managers have to don't get paid this this year because uh, you know our fuel costs doubled and we have to do that somewhere. Yes, of course the prices get passed on, but when you look at the facts on what the prices were and what they are now, and you look at the facts of the increased production costs that these corporations are going for, be it fuel, be it transportation, be employees, be it everything they had to do with uh, preparation for COVID to get them through those years. Yeah, those prices get passed on. That's just the way the economy works. It's the way the free market works. And you know, if you expect prices to go up and prices to go up and it not to get passed on anywhere, and by prices I mean production prices, prices to actually get the food from wherever it comes from. And I, I know a lot of people out there think that food comes from the store and that's it. But that's not, I, I'll give you some breaking news right now, that's not where your food comes from. Your food comes from the farms. Your food comes from you know, the fields. Your food comes from very far away. And, yes, your, your meat just doesn't develop in a store and uh, show up one day. They don't cultivate it in the store, and there it is hanging one day You know, after they grow it for a few months. That's not the way it works in the store. It has to get shipped there. It has to be dealt with by the farmer. Look at the four costs for farming. And, and, you know, you're disingenuous when you're saying, well, it's the corporate, it's the greedy corporations doing this. No, because I know, I personally, I live next to two farms. I know the farmers. Both of them are black Angus farmers. I know where the beef comes from. I know what their costs are. I know dairy farmers in our area. I know how they're hurting because of their increased costs. And yes, their costs get passed on. And the manufacturer's cost gets passed on. And the transportation cost gets passed on. And who's at the end of that chain? We are. When we purchase something and we scan it ourselves at the supermarket because there's no one there to do it anymore for us. But yet those prices haven't gone down. How about giving me a 10% discount when I have to scan my own produce, when I have to scan my own uh, food at the supermarket? I can't stand that, by the way. This is the way it works. You can't expect prices to go up across the board because of an administration that has destroyed our economy. And you can try and call it whatever you want, Bidenomics, the Build Back Better, this, that, and the other thing. It's dumb, dumb, and dumber is what's what we're living in now. And unfortunately, there's no real fix anywhere in the near close future. We better find it, too. Yeah, some of these people forget those greedy corporations. Their stocks are in everyone's retirement and 401ks. Yes. Yeah, they, they, they forget the big picture when, when they, when they want to complain about things. They want to complain about a small snapshot, that narrow-sightedness that they have without looking at everything else. Yes, if those corporations aren't successful, and being successful, I'm sorry, is passing on those costs, those extra costs that they have, yes, they don't turn a profit, and their 401ks go down. So then you have every person in a union pension, every person who has a 401k, every person who has a 5013B, IRAs, or whatever else you want to call them, does worse. It's one big circle. That's why they call it an economy. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 447 here at the station, 78 degrees and partly sunny 
here in our area. Well, tonight's uh, tonight's the big show as far as the blue moon. What is it, and uh, what can you expect from it? Well, the blue moon will occur tonight, August 30th, 2023, at 9.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. August super blue moon will be the biggest and brightest full moon of the year. There are two types of blue moons, but unfortunately neither has anything to do with color. A seasonal blue moon is the traditional definition of a blue moon that refers to the third full moon in a season that has four full moons according to NASA. While the second definition, born out of a misunderstanding of the first, is a monthly blue moon which refers to the second full moon with the single calendar month. The monthly blue moon is nowadays considered uh, the second definition of a blue moon rather than the mistake, according to uh, date and time from NASA. So uh, the moon actually, the moon phases actually takes 29.5 days to complete, which means it takes just 354 days to complete 12 lunar cycles. So every two and a half years or so, a 13th full moon is observed within the calendar year. The 13th full moon doesn't conform to the normal naming scheme, so it's referred to as the blue moon. Now you know way more than you need to know as far as the blue moon goes. Looking up, uh, it doesn't say where you can best see it. It does say that uh, the, the last blue moon was on August 22nd of 2021. If you, uh, no, that's not going to help you here. I'm, I'm reading through the article. It's an extremely rare event. You could say it happens once in a blue moon. Ha, 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 NASA. According to NASA, in uh, 1883, an Indonesian volcano called, I'm not even going to try, Krakatoa erupted and spread ash as high as 50 miles into the atmosphere. The tiny ash particles about one micron in size, acted as a filter scattering red light and turning the moon a distinct bluish-green hue. According to NASA science, other volcanic eruptions have also been known to cause blue moons, including the 1983 eruption of El Chichon Volcano in Mexico. So that's kind of the legend of the blue moon, these volcanoes that went off to block out the uh, the reddish tint that gave it a blue-green look to it, but it's actually the 13th moon that happens every two and a half years or so. And when's the next one? The next blue moon, if you go by the rule, the next blue moon will occur August 19th of 2024. The super blue moon is what I was talking That's every two and a half years. You're... Uh, blue moon which is your 13th full moon of the year again way more information than we need you can go out tonight and look at it at 9 30 how about that how about we just uh stick with that go with the layperson's terms rather than all this nasa terminology that i have here but 9 35 tonight it should be uh nice and clear out at least to get a glimpse of it maybe not a full clear sky but it's something to take a look at say you saw it We'll check in tomorrow to see if you saw it. I'll probably head out this evening to take a to take a peek at the the blue moon to see uh, the super blue moon. 
see if it has a cape. We'll see what's going on there. Um, somebody asked if I forgot Whiskey Wednesday. No, I didn't forget. I just didn't have anything memorable this past week, so I, you know, I just didn't want to bring you something to to bring it to you. But uh, I, you know, I apologize. I'll be away this weekend, so I should have something good. Actually, I'm not going to be here next Wednesday. I'm not going to be here uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm taking a long weekend for Labor Day. Sue Henry will be here, uh, filling in, which is uh, great for you guys and great for me. I appreciate having her here on the air. It was a great show today. I was listening on my way in. And I'm sure she'll have uh, much for you to talk about. Um, maybe ask her if she has a Whiskey Wednesday. But if not, I'll have definitely have one the week after. So I, I apologize for no Whiskey Wednesday this week. But, I, you know, it's I base it off of my true real-life experiences with the whiskey that I drank. I try and bring something new. So if I don't have something new, if I don't have something that uh, I think is worthwhile to bring to you and recommend to you guys, uh, I don't. So, yeah, there's no Whiskey Wednesday this week. But the, the day is still young. Um, you know, Jake and I can jump in the car and run down to the state store and get something before the show ends. And uh, we'll see how the rest of the show goes if we do that. But, uh, yeah, I apologize. And uh, I, I'm glad uh, people are asking about it because, uh, like I said, I, I like to bring something new and different to you guys that I've tried. So when I do that, it comes to you guys. It's... Uh, 4.53 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Somebody said, thanks for the info. I'll check out the Blue Moon tonight and let you know uh, if I saw it tomorrow. Good. Appreciate that. Uh, somebody else texted in, I would like to ask every person who thinks Biden is doing great, are they? Uh, I would like to ask them two questions. Have they ever voted for someone other than a Democrat? Two, do you have a government job or do you receive government benefits of any kind? Well, that's three questions. So, you know, but I get where you're going with that. You know, speaking of government incompetence, and it's, sorry, it's 457 here at the station, 76 degrees and partly sunny. Temperature's going down. It's supposed to be cool tonight, 51. Love that sleeping weather. Uh, the Internal Revenue Service lost millions of taxpayer records, and federal employees don't know where they've gone. That's exactly what the story says, and they don't know where they have gone. Lawmakers want answers and accountability for the IRS over those documents, which could be used by uh, nefarious actors to steal identity. Of course, because everything's on there. Your kids, your Social Security numbers, everything that they need, your address. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa uh, and the House Ways and Means Chair, Representative Jason Smith, sent a letter to the IRS Commissioner, Daniel Werfel, raising concerns about the IRS's inventory of taxpayer records. The IRS's lackadaisical attitude towards the loss of millions of taxpayer records containing Social Security numbers, addresses, and other sensitive tax and return information is appalling, the letter sta stated. The American people deserve better. For every day they don't produce the the records, can we find the IRS like they do if you don't pay your taxes correctly or if you make a mistake on your taxes? You know, they send you, okay, well, you owe us $100 on your taxes because you miscalculated this, but we're going to charge you $1,100 in fines because it's been a year and a half for us to find it. Can we do the same to them? 
The IRS keeps microfilm records of individual and business records in a warehouse around the in warehouses around the country. However, a recent Treasury Inspector General and Tax Administration report found that millions of those records were unaccounted for, and they have no idea where they are. Federal employees couldn't answer questions to what happened to them. They just don't know. They're gone. Nothing we can do here. Can't help you. But if it was you who couldn't produce records for the IRS, what do you think the outcome would be? It's uh, We really deserve better from our government. We really need to demand better from our government. The IRS also destroyed 30 million taxpayer records where they shouldn't have. It's better than losing them, I guess. It's uh, 5 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back after these messages with the Rob O'Donnell Show. 